this message has been brought to you by LIFE. Leaders influencing fundamental empowerment. LIFE, our product is healthy people. Please visit our website at www.ascendinglife.org. Hello, and welcome back to Says Who, where we get to question who said. And today's topic of discussion is loyalty. And how big is loyalty, really? We're going to start off a little different this time. I'm trying to get a little organization to my life. And so we're going to start off with an introduction, the definition, and then we're going to go over the paradigm in which I'm going to use to explain. And then I'm going to go into a couple examples. So bear with me and stand by. The definition of loyalty is a strong feeling of support or allegiance. And as I stated, I'm going to try to postulate that loyalty isn't very big using the paradigm known as Jahari's window. Now bear with me. I need you to close your eyes and imagine that you're a child. Now open them. You need to look out the window. There's a window in front of you. It's four panes of glass. The top left pane is the known known. It's what you know about you that everyone else knows about you. You let them know you're open about it. The top right window is the known unknown. There are things that you know about yourself that, well, you don't feel the need or you really don't want to tell people. Then you have the bottom left pane of glass. This is the unknown known. Habits that you have that you don't know you have. Little tells. You know how you got that lying friend and you always know they're embellishing the story? That's what we're talking about. And then you have the bottom right pane of glass. And that is the unknown unknown because we're all evolving. Life continues to happen. And as it continues to happen, we have to make new decisions and react inside of that. 
But all of those decisions, I believe, I think, I am going to try to exemplify that all of those reasons are purely selfish and that loyalty lies with you and you alone. And everything else outside of that either benefits or dies to you because of it. I use the word dies. I didn't mean die. I didn't mean die like dead die. I mean die like dislocated, like excommunicated, like exiled, pushed away, jettisoned. That is what I meant. That is what I mean. The story begins in Camp Jackson, South Korea. I'm a WLC instructor, Warriors Leaders course. I'm making leaders for the army. One of the most complicated things I've ever had to do in my life. And let me tell you why. Because people are full of Sierra Hotel India Tango. Yes, they are. These cats was tripping. I had a conversation with them just to kind of cut to the point. Hey, are you loyal to the United States of America? Yes, Sergeant. Hard charger. I'll do anything for my country. I say, what do you mean you'll do anything? Anything like what? I would die for my country. I'd go to combat and I would kill and die for my country. I'm like, oh man, y'all sound like you're amazing. You're dope. You're the bestest. And you know what was funny? I then asked, you ever got a speeding ticket? And they say, well, yeah. Why? I was running late because I stayed up all night. I was drinking, hanging out with my friends, and I get back. You ever go out of bounds of them circles that you're not supposed to go out of on a four-day weekend? You know, you can't be over three, five hundred miles away or whatever. They'd be like, yeah, every once in a while. I do that. I do that. But I thought you said you was loyal. And they all look at me with this perplexed look on their face. I, I am being loyal. Well, how? Why are you so keen to say that you give up your life, but you can't avoid getting a speeding ticket? Because of lack of preparation, because of a lack of discipline, knowing where to stop. Now, I'm not trying to be too judgmental. I was just trying to make a point. And here's why. Sergeant Major comes in my office, into my classroom, excuse me, and he says nothing. He just walks in the door. And all of these soldiers jump up and yell out at ease. They were wrong. They were trying to impress. And they didn't know the rules. You never do that while somebody's giving a class. You don't jump up in the middle of the teaching to render honor to someone walking in the room. It's weird. It's disruptive to the lesson. So next, at the end of these cycles, we have a culminating exercise. And this is why I asked the question in the beginning. We have a culminating exercise. These people, these soldiers, we take them out to warrior base and they play combat for three days. They get smoke grenades. They get little, what are those things called? Little booby traps. They send up signals and make whistles and stuff when you trip over trip wires and so on. They get blanks and ammunition. They just get to run around and play combat. But they have to do it in an organized fashion. Combat. Push your chaos on to someone else. And so what do you do? Bow. You're there. They were loyal to the army. They should have done what their leaders told them to do. 
But when it came to those instances, when you get them out there and things start happening and things are moving fast, they're not communicating with one another. Squad leader says, hey, take that hill. They look at him, but why? We shouldn't go that way. We should do this. That's not loyal. Hey, we need to go over here and do Well, no, that's not law. I thought you said you were willing to die for your country. You even you suck at practicing dying for your country. You can't take the hill. So what happens? I pause the exercise and I say, hey, bring it in. Rally point on me. Everybody gets together. Everybody's having to stand there and look at me. And now we're in this place. It's a very special place. It's called... Y'all done fucked up. And so I ask, what's the problem? Why are you not communicating? Why are you not listening to one another? And they said, well, because he, but he's in charge. I thought you said you were loyal to your country. I will follow all orders. Lawful orders. Long pause. I won't do the dramatic long pause in real life, but it happened there. And I say, do you have a problem with that soldier? Well, no. Are you sure? Does anybody have a problem with that soldier? And they all declare that they do not. Short, long pause again. I say, well, that's funny because that guy does this thing. Particular soldier at the time liked to wait to the last minute to get ready. While everyone was up preparing, he'd be sitting on his rack doing nothing, doodling, playing with his things, being on his phone when he was allowed. He was not preparing with the rest of them. So in short, at the end of everyone else getting ready, now they had to wait on him when they could have been early to a movement. Now they're behind. And they said, well, yeah, he does do that. I said, well, he's like, no, I don't. And I said, yes, you do. So if it bothered you so much, why you didn't tell him? They were being loyal to themselves and they developed what I coined. It's my phrase, but you can borrow it if you like. It's called silent beef. Because someone was chipping away and not doing what they wanted, they started chipping away and not doing what the other person wanted. And so when it came to the scenario and how we had to go through an exercise, a practice combat event, you know what those soldiers did? They didn't want to listen to them. They decided... To be more loyal to themselves because they felt that he was disloyal. The country didn't even matter anymore. Speeding tickets because I want to see my girlfriend. Saying at ease in the middle of instruction because I want the sergeant major to notice me. That is what they were loyal to. So unbeknownst to me at the time, I was actually conducting uh, my own litmus test. I wanted to see if the people around me knew me enough to help me figure out where I needed to go. Interesting concept. I was trying to figure out where I was going wrong. I was going through a divorce. And so I sent out to several people, uh, Dorothy Makins, a couple of officers that I worked with that I was real close with at the time. This is about 2015. Uh, Tavares Bethel, Kareem Banks, uh, it was just a series of questions. How do you view me? I sent it to my mother, my father, my stepmother, like just, again, people around me. 
obviously I'm closer to some than the others, but I guess that's part of the test is to figure out whether or not you're being authentic. And if people see you the way that you want to be seen, like, was I carrying myself again, using Jahari's window where there's this gray area or whether I was hiding part of who I am. And so I sent all these questions out and shockingly, shockingly, very shockingly, uh, number one, I was scared of the feedback. And number two, once I got the feedback and I looked at it, I was like, man, everybody sees me, sees the things that make me nervous, see the things that I'm scared of, see the type of partners I'm picking. And it was just, to me, hyper enlightening because I hold my friends very dear. I don't have many of them. In fact, you know, Tavares Bethel, again, with that saying, friends become family. Like if you meet somebody as strong as you and as smart as you, you immediately make them family, reduce the amount of competition. But also because, you know, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and folks get together and they spread that other shit, you know what I'm saying? So we have to spread um, our view on the world. But we had a tendency to sit up in our houses. But back, back to the point, loyalty. If I was not being loyal to myself, there's a large possibility, a larger than average possibility that most people would have seen me as who I was acting or trying to be around them versus who I was. What I learned most importantly sending that out was the consistency in which I was being. I didn't want to be unauthentic. They had a right to know who they were hanging out with. And I had to be loyal to myself first and know who I was. And then I could be loyal to them. Then I could be loyal to my partner. But it had to be across the board. What's the word? Authentic. I wanted to be authentic. And I was. But now you go back. Can I disagree with someone and still be authentic? When you look at the soldier scenario, no. They felt like if they weren't what everyone else needed to see, they would not be successful. But me going through the challenges in my life and having people around me that could tell me the truth didn't just happen by accident. It was something that we all cultivated together. I could call Sean Allen Lane and be like, hey, here's where I'm at mentally. Tell me whether I'm messed up. I could call Tavares Bethel. Hey, here's what I'm at. I, I'm, I swear I'm right, but I could be a fool. Tell me where I can be better. Tell me what you see. But I had to be telling the truth. All of that, in short, just kind of wraps up in this little bubble of... How big is loyalty really? Can you be loyal to the government if you don't even know who you are? Or will you be stealing crackers in the background every time they do something you don't like? Because you feel like you can't go tell them or they won't listen to your, your quarrel, if you will. Let's take it back. Let's write with feathers. Can you go tell your wife that you're upset and her listen to you and not then turn and be spiteful? And bring up, well, I did this because you did that and I was trying to teach you a lesson. Can you go and express yourself to your friends about their misdeeds and how you think that they're wrong and them receive you and try to become better? Because that's where loyalty starts. You have to be willing to sacrifice 
the friendship for the truth, for what is right. Or you have to be willing on the other side of that to accept, you know, bad company. But you are the company you keep. You are what you associate with. You are what you tolerate. So how big is loyalty really? I'd say a mustard seed. It's about as big as faith. Nobody can absolutely pin it down. But we know that a friend to all is a friend to none. I believe that's the quote. Let me know if I said it wrong. <laughs> so do you have to tell everybody everything all the time? No. I mean, but you could. That's a choice. It's not like it's really that big of a deal, you know. As the, as the Declaration of Independence says, when in the course of human events. That's like the first sentence. As we all are in the course of human events. Which brings me to this interesting part of the conversation because over the last one point something years, I really don't care uh, when it started. I just know that it's still going on. It's very interesting to me. Uh, we've been going through this COVID pandemic. It's global, people. People are getting sick and people are dying per the usual. But this is different because somebody said so. More importantly, it highlighted and, and also in conjunction with the Donald Trump presidency, President Donald Trump was in office, that we were friends with people who it wasn't important that we shared beliefs or systems or the pragmatics of it or the same truth. But a lot of people learned that they were hanging out with people that had disdain for their existence. I've never heard so many people get slandered in my life other than when I was in like school, but like as adults until the first time I heard somebody call somebody an anti-vaxxer, it was legit. It was legit. It was the most interesting thing I ever heard they, because you've been hanging out with this person all this time and you didn't know that they weren't vaccinating their kids, but your kids haven't died or gotten sick yet. You still decided I need to disown this chick. She's trying to kill my baby with no proof of this. Donald Trump allowed all these cats out the bag, the proverbial cats in the bag. These folks been running the streets already. You always had the inkling, but you dare not ask because you needed something from them. So you and others and me and maybe some other people. Uh, I come from a, a smaller area, you know, being in the military that. You know, we kind of all sit down and talk about things and we've been shot at a lot. So we really don't have that many barriers between us. So it's less likely. But growing up, going to school, it was more likely for people to pretend to fit in. Because that's what social dynamics tell us to do, right? They don't have to know that you don't like it. You just have to convince them enough so that you also get what you want out of the situation, voluntary or otherwise. And then say, well, you gave it to me. It was voluntary. Interesting conversation, interesting thought process. But who were those people expressing loyalty to? Who were you expressing loyalty to? Most of the people I know don't really care whether you're vaccinated or not. Or at least they say they don't. I can admit that. I can admit that there's a flaw in my thought process. Maybe they do care. And they just want what they want anyway. Or maybe I'm right.
we have to look at it from from both angles. So you look at it from whatever angle you decide. I'm going to explain this angle and then we can just like talk about it. And one of us can bring some whiskey. One of us bring some wine. And if you know that song, then, you know, everybody is going to be just fine. That was my first attempt at being a rapper. Let me know what you think. Like, comment, subscribe, tell me and my. Uh... Anyways, I'm kidding. Um, the point is that when we sat down. And we watched the news and we had conversations with our friends and our family called us and people was getting cut off from their friends or brothers and sisters because, oh, you're not going to get vaccinated. I'm not going to let you hang out with me. I'm not going to go here with you. I'm not going to do that. And it was like, well, dog. Did your vaccine work or not? I'm just saying I got no beef with anybody personally. But the question is. A lot of people are loyal to a science that they don't understand. I'm not saying the government never gets it right. I'm not saying the government never gets it wrong. I'm saying that inside of this catalyst of, hey, this is going to happen. How many of us have experienced it fully happening that way? To be disloyal to someone who's been there for us, with us throughout this large period of time, then to turn and say, eh, this one thing is the cancel card. That's a very, very, very thin thread. Luckily, it has not necessarily happened to me. Luckily. Or maybe it has and I just don't know. If somebody stops talking to me, you know, we're cool. We can we can all just get along, Rodney King. But this comes back. How big is loyalty? Is loyalty big enough for you to outright tell someone who you are and what you stand for? My wife and I have been married for two years and some change after June. If you do the math, you know, we've been married. And when we first got married, I'm a very, as anybody who's listened to this probably knows, I'm a very blunt force tactic type of dude. I just don't feel like I should have to walk around hiding who I am and what I am. My wife took offense to that. Not offense. She felt insecure with the amount of authenticity I felt I could display. Number one, I'm pretty well versed in self-defense tactics. Number two, I feel like if I'm hanging around people, they should know who I am and they should have a decision of whether or not they want to be around me. And they should be able to tell me outright. And I take nothing personal to it if you don't invite me to your house again. It's your house. You do what you want there. And that was for her and I, though, to sit down and have a conversation where I wanted to understand what was her concern. Well, she felt like I wouldn't be able to defend the circumstance or I was going to offend someone to a point where I developed, you know, an enemy forever. Which is possibly true, but it wouldn't be Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not my enemy. I don't even know that man. But locally inside of my environment, as somebody would say, if you want to have control, if you want to change things in the world, make your bed. That's what I do. That's what we all should do. I challenge you to do it. Make your bed every single day. Stand by your word. Be loyal to yourself. Be loyal to someone else. Tell them who you are. Tell them what you like, what you dislike. And then let's see where we get. That's my rant. That's my rave. That's my craze. So did I postulate correctly? Have I made a valid point? Let me reiterate. My point is that the bigger loyalty is, the bigger the entity is, the bigger the thing, the more that goes into it. 
I'm a I'm a believer that uh, kids shouldn't be away from their parents, especially their mother, for a very specific period of time. Simply because you have to develop your own identity before you learn to develop a group identity. Otherwise, you'll be loyal to the group at the detriment of yourself. In the military, we express loyalty through training. We train together. We hold each other accountable. We push each other. Push each other. When I worked in the oil field, it was kind of the same thing. Can he swing the hammer? Can he pull the weight? Can he pick up those chicksons? Can he move the four inches? Does he need help? Is he going to say he needs help? It's the same thing that we attempt, or at least I think that's what we attempt to raise our children to be independently a part of something greater than themselves. But what my vision, what I see, what I try to mentor people into because of what I see is a lack of actual belief in the system. It's I'm going to get mine. That's not loyalty. Those soldiers weren't being loyal to each other. They felt like they couldn't even talk to each other. You can't be friends with someone who doesn't know who you are. I mean, you can blame it on Donald Trump, but that person who was who they were before Donald Trump, you just didn't know. You never had the hard conversations. But, you know, like they say, some people are meant to pass through. It's a reason or it's a season. And sometimes the reason is the season. I mean, you can write anything on Facebook for real if you want to talk about it. You want to get to the other side of my brain. Words are free. I remember I asked my daughter one time. <laughs> it was so funny. I don't remember what the question was, but I was like, girl, is it OK to lie? She was like, they just words, daddy. And I, you know, it became one of the things we had a conversation. We'd sit down and I'm like, it does, like whatever combination you put these words in, it could still be bullshit. It could still be some horse dung. So says who? Who are you? Jahari's window, the known unknown, the unknown known, the gray area. But you're safest in the known known, where people can see your actions and know why you did it because they know truly who you are. Or at least that's just my opinion. Conclusively. I wanted to add this small blurb at the end uh, to kind of apologize. It's more of a, a olive branch, if you will. I've been in transitioning from uh, Korea. I'm now in Italy. Uh, we were waiting on the household goods. There's still a twinge of echo in the air in my office because it's not 100% set up. But we have more stuff in here. I tried to get the recording out sooner, but between the hotel and trying to get familiar with the landscape and ensuring that my family uh, was set up in a good position where I could focus on the task at hand, uh, I obviously chose to do what I did, uh, which caused delay in production. Uh, with that being said, you know, I now got my, my small studio set up. I'm building a new... Uh, security system for the house and working on a couple of other projects. My motorcycle's registered. You know, I go to the cigar bar religiously and hang out there. Uh, we got some stuff we're going to put on the walls. I got my life logo and we're going to try to institute um, the book club again and also start up a YouTube channel, start up the YouTube channel with more 
uh, ambiguous. I don't want to use the word ambiguous. I want to use the word resourceful mentorship for the masses. Uh, I still do mentoring, uh, but I haven't like again, you know, I got to take care of my family, too. So I haven't done as much mentoring here recently within the last about 75 days. But we're going to get back to it. We got a lot of stuff going on, um, growing food around the house. Uh, I met a really good group of people, so I learned to make some beer. It's stuff that I'm going to talk about in the YouTube channel. But either way, I wanted to say thank you uh, and send my best apology, even though I didn't do anything wrong. It was just more of a delay of my circumstance. Uh, and say that I appreciate you for listening. Please provide me with some feedback and let me know what I can and cannot do to tweak it. Kareem Banks uh, and uh, doggone Rob Pearson, I appreciate you for telling me I need more structure. Please let me know if this is enough structure. I'm still in the tweak, but I'm not a tweaker. Hey, I appreciate you. Life.